My name is Yana Healy, and I like to play Kingdom for Cleeflings because it's fun and you get to build homes for Cleeflings, then they get out of the homes, and then you can make them do work or put them in houses and or you can put them in houses or make them work and then make them unwork. And then you can build stuff like castles and paint arts and land. And my name is Yana Haley and the Gamerati. Gamerati.com. It's good to be a gamer. This is the Vorpal Network. This episode of The Tome Show is brought to you by Gamerati.com. It's good to be a gamer. And listeners like you, thanks for using the Tome's Amazon store. Hi, this is Keith Baker, creator of Eberron and Gloom, and you're listening to The Tome. Welcome to The Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome host, Jeff Greiner. And I'm Tracy Hurley, and in this episode, we'll party with the Primordials, elemental style. And our guest for this episode, well, we have one for now, Jeremy, and hopefully Michael later. So, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. And this is your first appearance on the show, right? It is. But people may know you out and, out and about. Where can people, wh- why might people recognize you? Uh, I, I'd be fully surprised if they did, but um, I, I've, you know, I'm active on Twitter as TriscoJM. And I've also got a blog over at Storm into Castle, which is a WordPress blog. Right on. And uh, we will sh- theoretically also have uh, Michael, the online DM, joining us tonight. We have been having all kinds of technical issues. Oh, and I see him on right now. <laughs> Let's give him a call. Yay! There. Yay. Hello. And there he is. Yay! Better late than never. Sorry for the technical difficulties there. We, we, uh, we just introduced you as he'll be joining us later, but now there he's, you go. he's joining us now. It's okay. later! It is. <laughs> we Amazing have, how time passes. We have Michael, the online DM. We, it has taken us 46 minutes to get him on, but we got him. <laughs> All this time, I, I was able to see you guys on Skype, and apparently my Skype was crashing, and, and I didn't know it. So, sorry about that. It, Skype does that sometimes. So, I don't blame you. I blame the service that we're all using for free. For free, no. yeah. <laughs> free, yeah. I, I blame the elemental chaos. Uh, yes. That makes sense. There you go. It was the chaotic nature of the elements. I blame Yan C. Bin or one of those guys. <laughs> I've always been a fan of um, uh, Imix. Oh, yes. Or, or Ogremok. I really like Ogremok. They have great names. So anyway, we, we had just done introductions, and now it's time for the news. Uh, in terms of, I guess this is sort of news combined with uh, D&D Next chat, which is the PAX East playtest special. Yeah, well, and so RPGA is going to be at PAX East. They're going to be running a lot of uh, games, including some learn-to-play and everything. But one of them is playtest special D&D Next, Friday, 7 p.m., are you running it? Uh, I probably will be running part of it. Right on. It's a four-hour adventure. And it's and it's a four-hour D&D next adventure. Yes. Sweet. 
and this will be different from the adventure they that was run back at DDXP, right? Um, honestly, I don't know. It doesn't say. Okay. Uh, but all participants are going to be required to sign a non-disclosure agreement. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're going to be at PAX East, you should go try and check it out. You could totally go game with Tracy and then not tell anybody about it. <laughs> Worst DM ever. Which is kind of like how I how I like to do things with Tracy. Is I like to do stuff with her, but then not tell anybody about it because I really don't like to admit that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that really doesn't sound good, Jeff. <laughs> oh, her husband knows. He's my pimp. <laughs> it's true. I'm Tracy's gaming pimp. So, any other news or any other D and D next stuff going on? Well, I mean, they've continued to have the legends and lore articles. Yeah. Uh, Anything burning down the internet? The Legends and Lore articles, along with the D&D Next blog posts. Uh, I think a lot of people are just concerned that they're not giving enough due to 4th edition. So, that's, I think, one of the problems right now. I can see that. Yeah. It's a hard line for them to walk, because I know they want to reach out to players who like other editions, but at the same time, they don't want to totally alienate their current player base. So my guess is we'll start seeing some word once they've gotten a little farther along in the process and whatever the core game will look like. Uh, I'm guessing they'll start talking about their thoughts on whatever modules are going to add that'll give you a more 4E-like experience. Right. But uh, but they haven't gotten there yet, so yeah, yeah. we're worried. It would, it would certainly be hard to judge anything at this point, because in, in a concept that's supposed to be modular... You never know what could happen with a new module, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever you're going to complain that they don't have, they could always add. Yeah, well, and on top of it, 4th edition is the current edition and it's the status quo. So a lot of times when we discuss things like that, we're discussing it compared to what we have now. Mm-hmm. And then they sometimes people forget to mention the current status of things, too. <laughs> like, it's already in our minds. So it's like, well, everyone knows this already. Why would we talk about it some more? But... It, it it seems like we're just missing a lot of there, there's a lot of context mm-hmm. that can't be given yet and and I think everybody keeps forgetting that right and it's it's early enough I mean the open playtest hasn't 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 even started yet or I guess open playtest right. the 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 sign up version of the playtest whatever it is it's not entirely open right um right. but that but that playtest process hasn't even started yet so it's all just wild speculation yeah and and they did mention in a a couple of the Legend Lore articles, I think that the core game is going to feel very much like old OD&D type game, so hmm. it's like a lot of 4E stuff missing, a lot of 3rd edition stuff's going to be missing, and you know, that's which kind make, of... Which makes some sense, because you're starting at the, at the absolute most simple, and then right. you can add things on to add complexity later. Right. Okay. I'm good with that. Cool. Without running into too much... Wild speculation, which I'd like to avoid. Oh yeah! And so we're just waiting to hear when the uh, the playtesting is going to start, right? Yep. Yeah. The, the official word is spring, which my guess is that will be like you know June nineteenth or something like that. <laughs> That's <laughs> not the very end of spring. <laughs> but I'm okay, I, I'm okay if, it, if we have to wait for it. That's fine. Yeah. Are you, the day before summer solstice. <laughs> is, there, is everybody signed up? Of course. Okay. Yep. Yes. Very good. Well, uh, other than that, we just want to mention uh, upcoming episodes that people should be checking out. Uh, we are looking at our book cl- club episode. Um, we're going to record that in a few weeks here. It is Brimstone Angels, which is the return of Aaron Evans to talk about that book. Woo-hoo. I know Tracy's excited. She likes I, Aaron. I do. I don't, and I'm fond of Aaron as well. 
Um, and then we are also discussing um, we're planning to, to have a, a guest on to give advice on uh, organized play. Yep. A, a, Excellent. A, a very special guest who might be uh, employed at Watsi that is particularly knowledgeable about organized play. But, but shall remain technically nameless? I suppose we can name him. We, we confirmed today, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, he said he'd do it. So, okay. so uh, we should be talking to Chris Tulock in the next episode. Woohoo! Cool. So, and he, Very cool. He, he organizes all of the uh, the organized play stuff. He's the organized organized organizer? Uh, something like that. He is very passionate about organized play, too. So it'll, it'll be an interesting episode. Is he also very organized? Have you been to his house? Does everything in, in like... I slept a- on his couch. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty organized. The house is organized? Like everything in its, everything's in its place? Seems like he should be really organized. <laughs> You're like him to be an organized player just because he organizes play. His minis are very organized. Okay. okay. I, I think right. it's the opposite. It's very chaotic, and so the, the organized play brings balance to him. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Good enough. And then uh, we're going to probably be looking at uh, Lords of Waterdeep coming up here um, early next month, so people should look out for that, too. I know Tracy hates Lords of Waterdeep, so yeah, it'll be interesting review. <laughs> Tracy's been swooning about Words of Water- Waterdeep since before anybody looked at it. Since Gen Con. I want it. I want it badly. It's coming yeah, I'm soon. excited about it, too. I haven't played it yet, but I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I just gotta find somebody to play with. Well, next time you're in Colorado, Jeff, come on by. Yeah, I'll jump right on that. <laughs> I'm gonna get to Colorado all the time. <laughs> well, if we go through the... City of Brass, it should be easy, right? Oh, yeah. Eh, just a hop, skip, and a jump. Which takes us into our topic for today. Dun, dun, dun. You know, Tracy, you may not talk a lot, but you are really good with the transitions. With <laughs> Sam, Sam uh, is our editor, is, is off doing things right now, so I'm actually going back and doing some editing. And I just released the, um, the Year in Review Look Ahead episode. And Tracy, you were crazy all all over the transitions in that episode. Yeah, it, it I tried. Was, it was insane. Like you didn't say probably ten sentences the, the entire rest of the episode, <laughs> but you were all over the transitions. You are a smooth operator. She doesn't like spending time on any one thing, but she loves moving to the next thing. That's very exciting. <laughs> it's the shiny. I need the shiny. We need to get to the shiny. I need the shiny right now. Okay, let's talk about heroes. <laughs> players option. Heroes of the Elemental Chaos by Richard Baker and Robert J. Schwab. Woo! We open up with a chapter on. Well, this is our, our fluff chapter, right? This is a book of all kinds of player crunch with one chapter on fluff. Yes. But it's a pretty thick chapter. It it, is it's a, it's a good chapter. There is lots of scholarly debate. And, and I actually found. Um, as a DM, just this last weekend, I was getting ready for my game, and it's like, oh, we're doing some primordial stuff, and I know I just saw some primordial stuff. Where can I work? Where was that at? And I realized it was in this book as I was getting ready for the review, uh, and I pulled it out as a DM and, and used that chapter pretty heavily for some inspiration for my game. Um, so while it's a player book, if it's, you're a DM looking for inspiration, there's there's things in here worth reading. Yeah, yeah I, I got to say, I mean, it's uh, 35 pages in this first chapter, and 
pretty much not every bit of it, but almost all of it is really for the DM. And uh, you know, I don't have the plane below. I haven't read that book. I'm guessing that there was discussion of some of this material in there, but but yeah, there's a big table in the back where it has all these known primordials and. I thought that was really useful because in lots of other D&D books I've read about, you hear about the Dawn War and you hear about the deities and those are well described, but there's references to primordials here and there and I never knew what those were really until I read this chapter of this book. So I was glad to finally have some more solid information there. Yeah, that was actually my favorite thing in in that whole chapter is that chart because it has all these primordials that have been referenced in, in all these disparate books and adventures and things all over the place, which was awesome. And then I also liked the fact that it didn't, it didn't mind crossing setting lines, you know. It's got oh yeah, this primordial is in the Forgotten Realms, and here's one from Eberron, and here's one from Dark Sun or whatever. And it just sort of recognizes sort of what they've been doing with the Abyssal Plague stuff in the novels is that look, all the settings are connected. We haven't exactly explained how yet, right? We haven't we haven't given you uh, a planescape or a spell jammer or whatever to actually to actually connect it all, but they're all connected, and. So we're going to put everything in there. Everything it's, it's sort of like even everything's core, even the settings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As a as a major Planescape fan, um, this first chapter um, actually it it read a, a a lot to me, like the old Planescape, you know, planes of chaos, planes of law stuff, which is an amazingly good thing in my opinion, um, be, because it's yeah, it's fluff, but it's it's ideas and hooks and little nuggets of information for the DM and and it was like this is probably my favorite chapter of the whole book is is just this introductory stuff here with the primordials honestly yeah one thing that I thought was I think the people who are buying it as a player's option book will might be a little disappointed is that unlike Heroes of the Feywild you don't get any new races in here. There's a little bit of discussion mm-hmm. of races in this first chapter, but it is all fluff. It's, you know, oh, if you're a dwarf and you're from the Elemental Chaos, here's what you might be. And if you're a Genasi, oh, obviously Elemental Chaos connections there and some options. And a little bit of discussion of other races, too. Um, but there's no more racial options, no new races or anything. I'm not complaining about that. I mean, I feel like we have plenty of races, but I think some players might be disappointed, expecting, oh, what are the new Elemental races? And the answer is, there aren't any. Mm-hmm. But I like, um, and they have it throughout the book. Although they introduce it, uh, in this chapter the little uh, from the different points of views. Um, oh yeah, the little elemental the viewpoint, s- the sidebar, sidebar things. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that, and I like the bringing back of uh, old sieges and things like that. Oh, the the referencing. Um, the the old Greyhawk wizards is that what you're talking about? Oh, that yeah. was amazing! Yeah, yeah, that's always really fun for me, and I I enjoy that kind of stuff. Uh, it makes it for an it makes for an interesting read. I found a lot of the like a lot of the player advice stuff, like that that racial stuff they talked about and, and what have you. I actually found some of that kind of like yeah, okay. I mean, I've had that idea. That's you know, there, I just there wasn't a lot there that. That really grabbed me. As a DM, there was things when you got into like the specific primordials and and that kind of stuff that was interesting and inspiring to me. Um, a lot of the actual content of sort of that stuff you're talking about, where they talked about the theory of um, elemental power, mm-hmm. didn't grab me. But the read itself was really engaging. You know, I, I as I've always sort of said one of my favorite. Um, old Dragon Magazine articles was the old Monster Hunters, right? They didn't just do um, the ecology of whatever the monster was, but they sort of told a story 
mm-hmm. of these monster hunters going out and trying to find, ca- capture these monsters and putting in that context. And then it was just a series of footnotes that gave you the actual ecology information, mm-hmm. um, which, which on one hand was kind of a pain to read because you had to figure out when to go down and look at those footnotes and when not to and what page they were on sometimes and what have you. But it was, it was always a really interesting read. And that's sort of what I get out of some of that other stuff, right? You're putting it into the context of some sort of larger D&D story. Yeah, and th- and that's the thing with, the, and particularly with like the scholarly debate part is like if you're creating a character that uh, may want to debate the source of their power with other people and stuff, you now have introduced I think it's three different sides of the debate, mm-hmm. uh, and not only have you introduced the viewpoints, but you've given like they talk about Mordenkind and never wanted to back down from a debate countered with, you know, it's just like also giving a hint of the personality too, which I think was great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as someone who didn't necessarily know much about Mordenkainen, other than there's that nice treasury book, uh, <laughs> it was cool <laughs> to finally know a little bit more. I know there's Wikipedia, but... <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. an interesting point, because I think for me, I'm, I'm relatively new to d and I've only been playing about two years, and so I think I missed a lot of those references, frankly. <laughs> you know, I, I recognize the name Mordenkainen because he's shown up in 4th edition, but I'm sure there's other characters in here that are nods to older editions that players who play those would be like, oh, that's so cool, and I'm like, who? <laughs> oh, that's a reference to something? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah they, I think something that the designers of 4E have actually done a really good job of and is kind of tying back to existing material even if they've kind of reskinned it or reflavored it a little bit um and as someone who has knowledge of additions i never played that's a welcome thing for me to see mm-hmm. and i think that's a, a credit to the designers that they've been able to kind of do that so you know you bring yancey ben and you may put a different spin on him but you know players who've played previous editions know who yancey ben ben is and so it, it's got kind of a, a touchstone for mm-hmm. previous editions without feeling overwhelming to the people who, like you guys, who haven't been in previous editions. There was a time before the Dawn War? <laughs> in fact. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> no, I'd rather not. But <laughs> so, and I like the... Go ahead. I, I like the story of Cinderheart. That's that's all I'll say. I'll stop there. Wasn't Cinderheart introduced in another book? I don't know. I don't. It it seems like that's come up before, but I can't place my my finger on it. I'm almost yeah. That cer- did sound familiar to me too. Yeah. I'm almost certain I know of Cinderheart from somewhere because I th- I'm almost certain I've heard somebody else talk about it too. Well, and here's another thing that I thought was kind of kind of interesting, um, and we've kind of you know we kind of touched on this already. Like, you know, they mentioned Balkoth, and it's like, okay, well, Balkoth was in a D&D Insider article, right? And I think um, Dave Chalker statted up Ohydra and Yancey Ben, so it's it's like the, your print book and your D&D Insider stuff have tiebacks between them. Yep. I just really like that. I think. Oh, it's yeah, cool. no. Sorry, I was letting you guys talk while I quickly looked to see if I could find Cinderheart anywhere. But that's... I didn't. You didn't? I didn't. failed. So maybe it just (laughs) sounds more familiar than it actually is. Well, I mean, I found a reference to a character whose last name is Cinderheart, but this obviously isn't a character. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah. Very good. Any any other thoughts on Chapter 1? Our fluff chapter? That's good. All right. 
On to chapter two, the, which is an entire chapter on character themes. I mean, they really go into character themes here. Yeah, what do we got? Is that ten of them here, I think? So, yeah, ten yeah I think there's ten. And it's uh, sort of what you might expect. You know, you do have one for each element. There's, you know, an air theme, a water theme, a fire theme. Um, there's one that's, what, elemental metal, if I remember correctly, right? The iron rot? Yeah, the, yeah, uh, the iron, the iron rot. rot, yeah. And, you know, I, I think I, I, some of them grabbed me a little bit. Um, I kind of like the Janissary. That was the one that's the servant of the genies, mm-hmm. which... Oh, um, yeah. I, I don't know, just very different from all the others. And, uh, I, I mean, I was thinking it more fluff-wise and mechanically. Mechanically, honestly, I wasn't really evaluating the themes to see which ones are really strong or anything like that. I care more about the flavor. Mm-hmm. And, and the ones that are tied to specific elements, like, sure, you know, you want to be more fiery, more airy, fine. But uh, something like the Janissary, where you're sort of a friendly slave to the, uh, not exactly a slave, friendly servant, perhaps, mm-hmm. of genies, um, is something that I hadn't really seen anywhere else and, you know, kind of intrigued me. And it does give you a lot, this book gives you a lot more, I, I shouldn't say a lot more, it gives you enough more uh, sort of an angle on doing genie stuff in your game that you could you could do genies in a way that, you, that I, you, it wasn't really supported to do before, you know? Now, as somebody who hasn't played the earlier editions, is this a nod to, is it Al-Kadim? Is that the setting that had a lot of genie stuff before? Yeah, Al-Kadim uh, is I the, believe, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that's something I don't remember having seen in fourth edition before. But there's definitely a strong, you know, a strong Arabian feel to mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff in here. So I figured that's probably what it was a nod to, but I didn't actually know. And there's actually an even, um, in my mind anyway, an even bigger nod in, as we get into the, the class o- options. Um, oh yeah, the later year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, other thing I like about it is that you can kind of do D and D Avatar, the Last Airbender style. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. And, and Jarrett pointed that out too. I think on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, you can. I like Avatar: The Last Airbender, and yeah, like, totally a- the water shaper picture that is an air, uh, waterbender there. Just oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the firecrafter is really totally bending fire. Yeah. Well, and the moatborn looks like uh, she's doing that too. And there's women in reasonable armor there, so that's awesome. That's very true, yeah, the bookborn lady. Yes, that's true. Yeah, it, it's weird for me, because with this chapter, I mean, obviously I know it's like, okay, yeah, you got to have the elemental earth and the elemental fire, and it's like, honestly, the, the other classes that are the other themes that are elemental but aren't directly tied to one of them, like the Janissary and the Moatborn and the even the Primordial Adept, I like those better than, than the others. I mean, I know they've got to be in there, but just, you know, personal preference, I think... Fluff-wise, the the other things are more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the only way. one that's kind of weird for me is the demon spawn, and that's I mean that that's my own personal hang-up with the <laughs> um, the this the world axis cosmology, mm-hmm. um, which, which is probably a discussion for another time. Well, I, I completely agree, actually, um, because I I a book on the abyss. Awesome. A book on the elemental right. planes? Awesome. But I don't necessarily want them to be the same book. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the Demon Spawn, as I didn't like that one very much either as a player character theme, because, I mean, frankly, it does make you kind of evil. I think there's a, 
well, he has a level 10 feature that when you get bloodied, you get um, resistance to to whatever element bloodied you, you know, just like demons do. Mm-hmm. And until right. the end of your next turn, your allies provoke opportunity attacks from you and you have to take them. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I, I get it. It's very flavorful, but, um, you know, it's sort of, if you, I guess if you want to be a somewhat darker character, demon flavor, this lets you do it. But it just it feels odd for a, a hero to be, you know, demon flavored like that. I like the. Fl- Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I like the little flavor text. Am I evil? It's in my blood, but let my actions rather than my appearance show you my true nature. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and yeah. I, I do appreciate that some people want to play, you know, I'm playing against type. I am, you know, I'm, I'm struggling against the darkness within. So I, I'm fine with that, but it is a little strange to me. Yeah, I sort of feel, I sort of feel like ever since uh, the Book of Isle Darkness came out, they feel like, okay, well, we've opened the floodgates to darker characters. Let's go ahead and, and allow some more of that in, into other books as well. No, oh, but that started even with Heroes of Shadow a year ago. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, and, and I can understand that. And there is kind of a, um, a, a running theme in previous editions with doing that. Um, I, I guess my only thing is for, for those of us who want to go the other route and be like good, like annoyingly good, that <laughs> is for some reason almost impossible to pull off. And I don't know what it is. Um, you can be a pacifist I, cleric? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you know... I, yeah, again, there's not as many pro- options, so... Yeah, it, it seems like it's it's harder to come up with interesting things on that side of the fence. Right. Um, just an observation. Maybe, maybe because if you have to describe it as annoyingly good... <laughs> yeah. Then, no, then well, nobody wants to play with you if you're going to play that character. Well, I'm not talking lawful stupid here, you know? I mean, but, but if you're describing them as annoying in the description... <laughs> yeah, okay. Bad, bad you're not selling it hard there. <laughs> right on. But yeah, I feel like you get a lot of new um, themes here. I feel like there's... Uh, I feel like... It's good to have more themes. Because themes are a place where you can add a lot of story... Mm-hmm. into your game, but mm-hmm. the limited options means that sometimes you just got to pick a theme and it doesn't really have anything to do with anything and it makes it harder to make them meaningful. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I've definitely had the most success with themes when they're very tied to the setting. Like, I'm running the, the Zeitgeist campaign right now from EN World and they have themes that tie you to the world mm-hmm. and I, I encourage my players to take those and they're great. So if you have a theme that really gives you a character hook, I think mm-hmm. that's what a theme ought to do and it really gives a DM something to work with then. And I can definitely can see a lot of the themes in this book can do that. And when Tracy runs the, the Avatar, The Last Airbender uh, campaign at Gen Con, <laughs> we will all have themes that, that'll work. Exactly. The firebenders will hate the waterbenders and the earthbenders, and it'll be all good. <laughs> and there won't be any airbenders. Oh, uh, there's one. It's got to be the last airbender. It's the name of the setting. <laughs> People will be fighting over who gets to be the airbender. No, you can have him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be Aang. All right, should we move on to the next chapter? Let's. Chapter three, classes. We're, where we don't get any new classes. No. But we, but we get new builds for existing classes. Yeah, I I'm mean, okay with that, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. We're definitely at that point in the edition where we've got more than enough classes. Right. 
Yeah, I'd say a couple of thoughts I had about the class builds they had in here. So I guess just giving the list, you know, you got Druid, Monk, Sorcerer, Warlock, and Wizard get support. And I liked that for the Druid, for instance, they give you, uh, and also the stuff with the Warlock, they give you options for the Essentials version of the class as well as the Pre-Essentials version of the class. So the Sentinel Druid gets a new uh, companion they could have, and then the, uh, the the regular you know pre Pre-Essentials Druid gets you know daily powers and things like that. Um, same with the Warlock, the Hexblade gets some support, and then the uh, the, the the Player's Handbook One Warlock gets some support. So I, I appreciate that they acknowledge both of them that they're supporting both. Yeah, actually, I didn't even I didn't even catch that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's good stuff. They, they've done a pretty good job um, post essentials of supporting both with without always making it obvious that they're doing so. You know, I sometimes think they started that after Heroes of Shadow. I think Heroes of Shadow, yes. like if you read the back of the book, it all only talks about oh, it's for use with these other you know these other essentials products. And I think they, I don't know if they specifically realized mm-hmm. maybe we don't want to do that, or maybe they just that particular book just happened to fit with the essentials classes. But like Heroes of the Feywild, I know same kind of thing, and I think that is much appreciated mm-hmm. to have the the support for both. Yeah, I feel like Heroes Heroes of Shadow. I mean, in Heroes of Shadow, they they do support both essentials and non-essentials um but it's very clear like we're going to give you a bunch of essential stuff and then here's a little section a, a handful of pages for, of some new non-essential stuff you know right yeah um, exactly that's true whereas here a lot in a lot of the options they give you um could be used either way right yeah i, mean, I think they're trying right. to do that right and so you what you i mean sometimes you look at it and you can't immediately even tell if it's essentials or non-essentials with this new build because you could use it on either one yeah, you know, it's funny you talk about you can't really tell, because the one that I had to reread before I totally understood it was the new build of the Sorcerer, which is, that's the one that I would say is the biggest new build. I mean, I guess the Shire kind of is, too, for the Wizard, but the Sorcerer build, there's the Elementalist Sorcerer, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the first, what some people might call the Essentials kind of Sorcerer, without daily powers. They have not done that before with the Sorcerer, have they? I, I don't think I can't so, think no. Of an, I can't think of an Essential Sorcerer that doesn't have dailies, no. Nope. Yeah, and so normally with the other essentials classes, when they introduce a new one that doesn't have dailies, they give you tables that show the progression. And for this one, I had this is what I had to reread. They, they talk about creating an elementalist, and you have to use um, the rule compendium or the player's handbook, or they do have a character advancement table in the back of this book. But they specifically tell you that summarizes how many feats and utility powers your sorcerer should gain at each level, as well as when ability scores should increase. So you don't get daily powers, you don't get encounter powers. Um, those are kind of baked into the class. Uh, you don't get dailies at all, and then the encounter powers are sort of baked into the class. So um, that wasn't totally clear to me at first, but this is sort of the essentials sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I don't like using that term. I mean, essentials definitely had you know at will encounter daily utility classes right. too, but it's the one that's more like the essentials martial classes. It, it does feel seem interesting though that it, it almost seems like they're they're still trying to sell us on essentials, even though they we we all know that they've moved on to the next thing. Well, I mean, I think that that's their current best design idea is that, you know, that oh. that's a good option to have. And no, absolutely. so they're still designing stuff, so why not use their best best ideas? Well, I, didn't, it, I didn't feel I didn't feel sold to put it that way. Sure. No, I get that. I just yeah. I keep thinking back that you know, 4th edition I think would have had a lot more legs if they'd have done essentials first. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> but oh, uh, it could have been. <laughs> such is the way things happen. Yeah. But I will say the sorcerer being the one that has the the most New, at least to me anyway, seem to have the most new stuff um, with these, you know, attack powers that are at wills that are not available to other sorcerers because they're specifically for elementalists. Um, they seem 
pretty strong, which is what you expect when you don't have dailies, right? Your at-wills are strong, but, you know, you have, like, Ignition is a an area burst one that does D10 plus charisma modifier damage plus the bonus damage you get from being, uh, you know, what is it, two plus your con or something like that on top of that, um, and creates a zone. I mean, it's there's a lot of damage potential here, which, mm-hmm. hey, Sorcerer's a Striker that's supposed to have that. Right. Um, it Was it this chapter that or or the previous one where they introduced the elemental keyword because that's new, right? No, I don't think so. I think there have been powers. Is it not? Like okay, I'm not sure actually. I, no, I, I thought they said fire, either. but I think the elemental is a new keyword that they've added. I hadn't even um, noticed that. Hmm. And, and See, honestly, as, I'm as a, as a DM as it, a DM, I'm used to seeing it a lot, but that's monster stat blocks, so that's right. different. <laughs> yeah, so so origins. this is the first time players get that, and honestly. I, my only concern is the proliferation of keywords, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking back to, to 3 and 3.5 specifically, where you ended up with 7, 8, 9, 10 different kinds of bonuses that could be stacked on things. So that that's my only concern with adding another keyword, if they actually have added it on the player mm-hmm. side. Well, there's already so many keywords, it's, it can get pretty ridiculous right. sometimes. Yeah, it's it's getting a little... Right? That That's my only criticism of this chapter i think is is that that the addition of a, another keyword mm-hmm. um i don't know so let's each let's each go through one class and say what our favorite new class build is and then and why and then and then we can move on to the next and and we can michael we can count sorcerer as, as yours as yeah much as so I'll, I'll take sorcerer, you know i talked about it i think it's very i what i would say about the sorcerer is i like that it exists because i think there are some players out there who want a simpler class that blasts things with magic mm-hmm. and i don't know exactly what we've had that's more essentialized that does that um, but this does you know you sit back and blasting with magic don't have to worry about daily powers you know you just crank it up so i think it's it's a good addition um it has the potential to be maybe really strong i don't know uh it seems like the fire version has the potential to deal a lot of damage uh, but hey that's cool i think that some people want that yep. tracy you're next um i don't know uh i guess maybe the monk although um i don't know okay tell us about the monk but i don't know much i i don't know how any of these play so i don't like to it's okay i like that there's a on page 76 there's a monk who is pretty badass. She's got the uh, stone thing going on. Oh, the dwarf? Is that a dwarf? Is that what that is? I think so. It's Maybe hard halfway. to tell. Yeah, you know? I can't tell if it's a... I think it's a halfway, halfway because of the, the bare feet. The feet. The, yeah, the feet make it tough. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I was like, if it weren't for the feet, I would totally say a dwarf. But, yeah. uh, but totally cool. I think she's a very buff halfling. Yes. I think she's a buff halfling. Besides, I learned uh, this last weekend that uh, there are no female dwarves and they're hashed out of eggs. Oh, okay. And oh, yes. Once upon a time. Yeah. And, and, and if there were female dwarves, they'd have beards. Yeah, but exactly. I, she's missing a beard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I like the... So flavor-wise, I like the traditions. So you get the desert wind tradition mm-hmm. and then um, the eternal tide stuff. And again, I, th- I think it's always good to add more, more of those kinds of traditions and, and and things for the monk class because, you know, somebody might be interested in doing a martial artist, but not one of the three options provided. So giving a few more options allows you to flavor it a way that that might work better for more players. Right. Well, and can I interject something interesting here? Sure. There, there's a little harkening back to 
mm-hmm. um, the Book of Nine Swords here with the names of some of these traditions. Mm-hmm. Like the Desert Wind, that was one of the traditions in Book of Nine Swords. And if you, like, I'm trying to think what page it's on. There's a couple of, they list a couple of other traditions, but just fluff, no crunch to them. Oh, Hidden yeah. Hidden traditions on page 84. Diamond Mind is another one out of Book of Nine Swords. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's it's like they're bringing little so, bits so and pieces. Dragon. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh-huh. I wasn't sure if Stone Dragon was one. or not. So, I mean, that's pretty cool that there's kind of, again, there's like this tie back. And they're they're reflavoring, reusing stuff, and those are those fit perfectly for monk traditions. Yeah, and I think overall too, it helps. So it's a nod to people who know that already, and then also with people who came in with Fourier, they can start learning this stuff uh, in this way, and then hopefully, because I'm sure we're going to see a lot of this stuff again with, with the way everyone's talking in D and D next. So it, right. at least they're getting introduced now. And the time the timing is interesting. Um, I don't know, Tracy and Michael. Do you, do you have history as to the Book of Nine Swords and what it was? Yeah, I mean, I've heard about it that it sort of came out at the tail end of three point five and sort of previewed some of the mechanics that eventually became right you know, in fourth edition, right? Right. So the timing is mm-hmm. interesting because it's referencing stuff from Book of Nine Swords in one of the last <laughs> books of fourth edition. <laughs> right. <laughs> interesting. And I know I heard uh, people on Twitter comment that there was a lot of three um, X feel to to this book and some of the class stuff. Yeah, yeah, wait till we talk about feats and, and we'll we'll definitely hit that topic. Okay. Yeah. So Jeremy, do you want to talk about your favorite class for this section? Um honestly I it's it's a toss up for me between the the monk, which I really like, um, and uh the new wizard build, uh the Sheer. Um, oh yeah. And I you know, I was Al Quatum predates me. Um as far as my D and D history, mm-hmm. but but I did play the the uh, PC game, um, so it's interesting to see them bring that forward because it's got a a, a different feel to it for the wizard, and I, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Well, we can talk about that one because that that's going to be my pick is the Shire. I I played Al Kadim in college. Um, that was the setting of choice for my group at that time, and it was old at that point. I mean, all the books were out and they weren't publishing anymore. But um, but that's the setting that we liked, and so that's what we kept going back to. Um, and so I saw the old school Shires in action um, on occasion. And so was, so it, how does this compare? Well, and it has the same it has the same um, feel. Um, the idea of the original Shire is that instead of having a spell, blo- spell book, they have a, they're familiar as a little you know elemental creature, a little uh, genie right. thing, and so they would send their their little jinling off into the elemental planes to gather their spells and bring them back, and oftentimes you know ask, begging them from from more powerful creatures and what and what have you. Mm-hmm. And, and I like it, that. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say that, and that's what the Shayir is doing here. Uh, in the fourth edition version here, we have you know you've got your little gin servant, or at least you can, and it goes out, and it's not collecting your your entire complement of spells each day, um, but it, you can use it to swap it out. Um, theoretically, the Shayir is the most flexible spell casting class available because you can tra- change out all of your spells for any other spell. You know, there's no spell book that you're limited by or whatever. Nice. Um, it, it looks like this is the return of some iconic spells, too, unless I'm mm-hmm. really mistaken, like Ice Knife and mm-hmm. the, the Mel's Minute Meteor. Yeah, and Alter Self. Like, yeah. Well, even, what, Flame Arrow? 
yeah, Flame Arrow. It, it seems like they've yeah. brought back some old favorites. Well, of course, Reverse Gravity too, right? Oh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And, and all and all of those are available. I mean, they're just they're wizard spells, right? So they're they're yeah, available right. all wizards. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I like about the show here is that uh, with with a group that's uh, open to it, you can have them negotiate for some extra stuff mm-hmm. with a, a cost later, so the DM can actually start using that class a little more, too, mm-hmm. with the player's right. permission. Yeah, that's one of the things that, that the um, the second edition, Shire, actually, there was mechanics for it. You could actually ask for spells that were too high a level for you, or you could ask for, you, you, you could even ask for divine spells. Really, but but there was huh. you know a diminishing returns. You know you could ask for it, and there's a good chance you won't get it, and eventually you might make somebody mad. You know, right. So I, I want to throw out a couple of things that I noticed about the Shire. So first of all, I like that they sort of encourage you to think about some role playing potential for your Gen Servant because I don't know about you, but whenever I've seen familiars in play, they're just a little mechanical thing, and, and the Gen Servant, I think they're trying to encourage you to be a little more active than that. Yes. Um, right. Second, I gotta say I just love Crack the World. It's like a high level, I think twenty fifth level <laughs> spell that just sounded so much fun. <laughs> oh yeah, um, absolutely. And then the, the last thing is just kind of a note. I, I think this just might be an editing error. But when they talk about proficiencies for the Shayir, implement proficiencies are orbs, staffs, and wands, not tomes. And yet, hmm. on page 109, they show another... Tracy, I'd say this probably falls into another, you know, women in reasonable armor. I mean, she's wearing robes rather than armor, but still, she's fully clothed. Uh, Wait, Shayir, page? Page 109. 109. There's, okay, a, there's a, a Shayir uh, lady casting a spell with her, her companion looking, looking on, and she's casting it from a tome. And then in the when you get to the feats, they have tome expertise as a feat, and they have tome you know, magic items later on. Hmm. And I think the only class in here that could potentially use a tome would be the Shayir, and yet the Shayir doesn't have proficiency with tomes. <laughs> so it could just be an oversight. I think so. I think they probably meant for it to be able to use tomes. Hmm. Well, even like the woman on one hundred six is isn't isn't that bad. It, but she also has a a book. You're right. She does. I didn't even notice she that does. in the background. But you're right. Yeah, the the Genasi lady. Wow. Hmm. I- Go figure. So yeah, I think that they're supposed to use be able to use tomes, but mechanically, if you look at the description on one hundred five, they're not proficient with them. <laughs> if they're and if they're not supposed to be using tomes, then John Shindahedi, who's the art director, really really <laughs> dropped the ball in this book. <laughs> That's true. Tomes all over the place, but no. Uh, yeah, I could I could easily see that if they hadn't made that decision by the time the art orders went out, and they yeah, just said that, that it's a wizard class. So it's like, whoa, wizards use books, and like, oh, yeah. not this one. All, all the artists <laughs> decided to go that route. My, 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 I would not be surprised if if Watsi came out and said, you know, Errata, yes, tomes should be on their proficient implements. I mean, why, why wouldn't they be? I can't think of... I mean, is it overpowered or something, or out of flavor? Oh, maybe it's out of flavor, because they don't I, use I a think spell it'd be book. out of flavor. Yeah. Because oh, they don't use spell books. Uh, yeah. That's Maybe that's what they're going for. Huh. <laughs> anyway, I don't really have that big a complaint about it. I just thought it was kind of strange. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's the uh, classes. Let's talk about elemental options. Chapter four. This Woo-hoo. is our, uh, what is it, Paragon Paths and Epic Destinies and Feats. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's sort of what this chapter is about. Well, is, is this the last chapter? Yeah, this uh, is it. And, yes, and I think so. Too. Companions and items. So it's, yes. every, so it's everything else. Everything, everything else. else. So let's. I suppose let's go through it in order. Paragon paths. Anything there that uh, rings our bells? What well, the the demon bound is there, and it kind of falls under the same as the demon spawn from before. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of just doesn't seem like it fits with everything else. Understand why it's there, yep. but yeah. Uh, um, I'll say that I kind of liked the Prince of Genies. I like the flavor of it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, sort of a. I don't know. I think they did a good job making it the flavor that you have a genie in a bottle, basically that you found, and he helps you out. I am not sure. And, and actually, Limited Wish shows up as part of this Paragon Path. It is a. Now that's interesting. From what I understand of earlier editions, this is a very, very, very limited wish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't do that much, but um, still, I think that the the flavor of the the genie Paragon Path is kind of cool. And it does some cool things. Um, the uh, the interesting thing to me, because I'm a Planescape guy, is we've actually got two Paragon Paths that harken back to the factions from Planescape. We, we've got the Doom Lord and the Speaker of Chaos, mm. and and those are both, um, if I'm, unless I'm mistaken, are both old Planescape factions. Um, which there's been a couple that have kind of crept in over time and forth, and I, I'm just glad to see them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it, and it speaks to sort of a larger theme that in the last year or so, um, out of the products coming from Watsi, you see a lot more throwbacks to older editions. Whereas, you know, mm-hmm. the first two or three years of fourth edition was sort of trying to cut ties with the right. past. Um, the last year, year, year and a half, two years is all about saying, no, 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 we're, we're going to embrace that. And we recognize that, that there was some cool stuff there and they're trying to bring some of that back too, so... I mean, and then that's where we get the Shire and the Speaker of Chaos and Limited right. Wish returning and all that stuff is coming back um, largely in an embrace of uh, everything that was. And Shelby again. And Shelby again. <laughs> yeah, you know, one thing I'd note, I'm, I'm not a, of a huge art guy, but uh, page 138, the picture they have, is, you said Speaker of Chaos, is that how that's pronounced? Yeah. yeah it's, it's actually- wearing these robes that... I'm sorry, but I would not be caught dead wearing those robes if I were a powerful wizard. <laughs> those are some ugly robes. Oh, come on now. Old, but, old school wizards were pretty flamboyant. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's the classic. I mean, yeah, oh, that's... I see. Okay. See, I've been raised on the new stuff. I don't know I don't know the good old days, I guess. <laughs> yeah, see, it, it was, you can look as ridiculous as you want because you will set people ablaze and destroy them with a word. <laughs> That's right. Just How watch dare they laugh. make fun of your wardrobe? I mean, they will laugh at you once and only once. That's not, that's not <laughs> any more. That's the one that I shouldn't say that. That's not much more ridiculous than what Gandalf wears. That's true. I, I don't know the big the the big feather in his cap is. <laughs> He's kind of a pimp wizard right there. <laughs> that is kind of a pimp. You know what? I'm going to assume that 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 art is based off of me. There you, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Since, since I, that, I that should be your new avatar, Jeff. <laughs> I want the uh, God Warder's uh, shield on 131. God Warder. Oh, yeah, that's not. Nice. That's a pretty cool looking shield. Yeah. And, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's a female dragonborn in reasonable armor. Yes. True. Look at that. And shorts. Have you been talking to, to the art director? No. <laughs> Tracy has influence. I told you. Watsy works for her. <laughs> so next time, Tracy, tell them not to recycle art on page 130. 130? Oh, the... I've seen that elemental before. Uh, yeah, but we talked We talked to John. Sometimes he needs to. I know. That doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, now that we're on the topic, I think 137, the reforged soul, I believe that's another female in reasonable armor. It's hard to tell if it's kind of an elf character, so maybe it's male, but I'm pretty sure the eyelashes make it female. Actually, the tusks, I believe that's a half-orc. Yeah, I think it's a half-orc. I missed the tusks. Thank you. I saw the pointy ears and assumed elf. 
I'm sure this yeah. is fascinating, fascinating for our listeners as we describe pictures. <laughs> what I'm saying it's is so thumbs cool. up. You just had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of uh, moving on. Yeah. Epic Destinies. <sighs> Any Epic Destinies there we like? Well, you know, I'll say I kind of, I wanted to. I really wanted there's to like, like the there's only, chaos. There's only two, right? Is that yeah, all? Yeah, there's just these two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really wanted to be passionate about the Lord of Chaos. I love the flavor of it. You know, these people who get sort of chosen, and uh, I don't know. It's just, it had a really cool flavor. But then the mechanics of it were kind of weak. You know, at level 21, you get a, a plus five weapon, and, and then it upgrades to plus six at 26 levels. Like, okay, that, that's nice, um, but, but not that exciting. And then, uh, especially at level 26 utility power, I mean, level oh, 26 epic destiny powers are supposed to be really cool and world-changing. And this thing, like, oh, you get to make some difficult terrain, or remove some difficult terrain. Really? Well, create weather. Honestly, I... Well, well, think about it. You In in Manual of the Plains, I think it is, you've got an, a, a skill that lets you affect the terrain around you, Right. I would have liked to have seen something of that caliber here. Yeah. Where maybe he gets a bonus and can do greater, you know, crazier effects. Because um, he's basically affecting the plane around him. That's kind of the thing I would expect to see here. And right. this one just kind of feels like, eh. Yeah, okay, once a yeah, day you make cool. big fog. Like, wow, yeah. that's, that's great, man. <laughs> And it has to be non-damaging weather, so it's not like you're calling down lightning bolts or hail or something like that. No, no. Right. Just slightly inconvenience the enemies. <laughs> or, or here's an idea. How about saying, hey, you can basically place any environmental hazard of a certain level a certain number of times per day. Yeah, something sure. like that. Yeah. Anyway, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I, right. I love the flavor of it. I, I, if I were gonna, if I were gonna play this or have somebody at my table, I would totally let them take this, and then I would just totally redo the the mechanics behind it. I think, I mean, especially oh, yeah, that level twenty six power. That one just made me so sad. <laughs> the the epic destinies are always it, it's always mixed. It, it conjures mixed emotions for me because it's such a cool concept, and I feel like a lot of them end up being lackluster. Now, I don't know how I would do them better a lot of the time, but they just don't feel as epic as they should. I don't know if other people have that impression or not. There are some that do and some that don't. Right. Uh, And that's been my experience. But my experience, at least in my epic campaign, is that um, the ones that don't feel epic, people don't pick those. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) Right. Right. And you know, I think that's a great way to put it. I think if anybody cares about the mechanics at all, they're never going to pick Master of Chaos. And, uh, and I think it's a shame because I think it's a really cool epic destiny. I mean, this whole chosen of these these you know these people. Uh, what are they called again? The the, the, the Rygar. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just it had it grabbed me flavor wise, and then I read the mechanics and just was like, oh, never mind. And I, I like the other one. I like the Emergent Primordial one as well. Um, we've had the epic destiny that that allows you to you know eventually turn into a god. So this is sort of going the other direction. That's a great comparison. You know, the, the level 26 utility on that one, you become a huge primordial-like creature. I mean, that's badass. I don't, I don't care how mechanically powerful it is necessarily, but I think it's pretty good. And and it just has this massive cool factor. Meanwhile, your buddy, the Lord of Chaos, next to you is like, oh, look, it's drizzling now. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, but I also like how they... they well, it's well, it's you know where it's the the primordial version of you get to turn into this. Um, it's also taking the primordial concept 
and flavoring it that way, right? It's not just and you vent, you know you get hit level thirty and you turn into a primordial and now you're one of those guys now. Um, it's actually you have you have a, a connection to an imprisoned primordial and it's literally trying to subsume you, you know. So right. the the finale of this epic destiny is either you go down and kill this primordial or you just give up and eventually it takes over your body and that that primordial is free now. And that's how you retire. That's how you leave the the world. That's yeah, cool. It, yeah, that's it, that's awesome. Yeah, it would be cool to to extend it out more and then yeah, create an ongoing condition if you go if you extend it too long for too mm-hmm. long. Or if you roll one while in that form. <laughs> All right, feet. <sighs> I'm very opinionated on these. Um, well, let's hear it. Here, here's my problem with these. Um, I understand what they're going for with, yeah, and this harkens back to to one of the things in three five that I wish they hadn't brought forward, which is these chained feats. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's like, okay, I have to take Born of the Elements. Okay, great. Endurance and intimidate. All right, yeah. Primordial. Okay, based on campaign, that might be interesting and cool. And then you can go, you know, down the chain, but what if I don't want to have to go all that way down the chain? It, it's, it, it's very, it seems more restrictive than I would want it to be. This isn't quite as bad as some of the stuff that happened in 3.5 with, like, heritage feats and mm-hmm. um, some of the other stuff, but it, it, it's got a little bit too much of that design philosophy behind it, in my opinion. A little, a little, um, more, a little more feat tree than we're used to seeing in... in yeah, yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, these are just a feat tree of two, though, right? You take Born of the are, Elements... Are they? Maybe, and the, maybe I, I jump to conclusions here. I think there's a bunch of them that require you to have taken the specific Born of the Elements feat. But once you have that, then you can take any of the other, you know, ten feats that oh, okay. require it. I mean, it's that, pretty much That's it. not too bad. Yeah. Uh, there's one other exception with the, the Elemental Companion stuff. In order to take, well, ele- true, yes. order to right. take Elemental Companion, you have to take Born of Elements. And so then and then after you've taken Elemental Companion, there's another three feats uh, you can that's take. Right. That's right. There's You're a right. little bit of a branch off the tree. Uh, but I, it's not, I but it's not, about the fact that you have to have that, yeah. But it's not huge. It, it, yeah, again, it, this is this is my bias coming coming through. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and I understand because I mean, it, I could see building a character and saying, "Oh, I really want to do this thing," but this feat matches it, and all the ones I have to take up to that don't don't fit into my character concept at all. And it's, and it's not right. even and it's not even an issue of I have to burn the mechanics. You know, I have to use that resource to to get to that point. It's just a matter of these things don't fit the character I want to make. Well, and it's like Born of the Elements, okay, is the starting one. It's like, okay, plus two to Endurance and Intimidate gain the Primordial Language, right? What, why even have that? If you already have an Elemental Origin or Training in Arcana, just let people take the other feats. I'm with you. I, I would you do know? the same exact thing, yeah. I, yeah. Like, especially for Elemental Companion. If you want an Elemental Companion and you have a relevant theme or background or even backstory for your character that ties you to the Elemental Chaos... You know, if you're a Genasi or whatever, fine. Have an Elemental Companion. Go for it. I, I'm not going to make them take Born of the Elements first. Yeah, well, I, think, I, I think I would just well, treat Born of the Elements like a background. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. It's kind of a free feed if you want it. I mean, maybe but, but, even with... Yeah. But, but, but again, that's us altering the rules, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Correct. I mean, which is fine, but it's like, you know, and which the char- design it that way to begin with. And which the character builder allows us to do now. Right. Sure. Just true. take a yeah. free bonus feed, I guess. It would be right. worse. It would be worse, you know, a year ago when you couldn't even do that if, in the character builder if you wanted to. 
Yeah, yeah and, and I didn't realize we got a free bonus feat in the character builder now. That's that's news to me. So well, if you want, you, you can, can add it as a house for once. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. You can customize. You can throw in bonus powers. You know, cross class powers. Do whatever you want. Yep. You can't create your own powers, but you know, at least it, I don't think so. It's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's gotten better. But right. um, but yeah, I think that the the interesting feats here. Um, I mean, I was surprised again to see Tome Expertise, which it looks like they've oops they double printed it on the table <laughs> for no apparent reason. Um, oh no, but, that's that's Tome and Totem. Oh, Totem. I'm sorry. Thank you. I, t- I misread that. Um, so yeah, Tome and Totem. Why do they have Totems in here? Are there classes that use Totems? Uh, because the the Druid. The Druid. Oh, oh that's right. They do have the Druid, druid in here. That makes right. sense. But uh, but I think the interesting one was the Elemental Companion. It's sort of a twist on a familiar, basically. Sort of a kind of a familiar, kind of a beast companion sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, you know, some of them sounded kind of cute. Some of them sounded kind of scary. <laughs> Um, yeah, what's what's interesting again? Some of this stuff is um, coming. I mean, comes straight out of Planescape. The mm-hmm. uh, the hordlings, the the pesh, um, th- those are you know Planescape monsters that we haven't seen before in Fourth Edition. Right. It is it's bringing back some old creatures uh, in the yeah it's in, bringing in, back in some this old form. Creatures. Yeah, and I don't know that they were, they all started as Planescape. You know, the peck I think has been around for a while. It, it may have been. I, I'm more familiar with it right. from Planescape, so. But but the point is they're taking older stuff and bringing and, it and back. reusing it. Yeah, maybe not as monsters, but they're they're here in the game in, in some way, shape, or form. Right. Well, and I liked kind of like they had earlier with the gen the gen familiars that you had as a as a Shair. They talk about role playing your companion if you take one, and for this one, it's more like explicit. Like you know, your DM should be really involved with this. It should be you know not a full on character, but you know this thing should have. A real, I don't know, personality, and uh, and you have to you know, really role play it. Um, which I like. I like when they encourage that. I mean, there's nothing mechanical that makes you do it. If you just want to have it hang around, and and you say, I put my little dude here, and he doesn't, you know, he just does his aura effect. That's fine. But I like that they're encouraging that for you to think about your your role playing your your companion. I, I agree too. I think that's a little used role playing um, area that really can shine if you do it right. You know, one thing they didn't specifically mention there that I think I would definitely tell my players that they were using one of these things is, what's its name? You know, have you named your companion? You probably should, right? (laughs) Well, and it's hard to, I mean, you get into the, because of the way the mechanics work for familiars, it's really hard to care about them because of the mechanics behind it, you know? Mm. Because they are very expendable and not real and they're not, you know, they have no personalities and it's like... Well, if you if you made that rule, <laughs> then of course we're not going to role play it a lot. Yeah, and so, and so now they're kind of backstepping on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's still no penalty for failing to role play your your thing unless the DM decides to really take control and say, "Well, since you haven't talked to your familiar in a while, <laughs> he's going to do something mean to you or something like that." Right. <laughs> well, you should get those little uh, keychain pets. It's like, have like you fed your the Tamagotchi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you fed your companion today? Oh no, he's he's mad. You're not. Uh, see, Tracy, it. I'm I'm totally gonna make a character who's who's got familiar who's familiar is now a Tamagotchi. <laughs> it, it it should be a Warforged though. <laughs> a Warforged with a Tamagotchi. Nice. Right on. So it sounds like that's what we want to say about feats and companions. Then it gets into the reward section, which is largely our magic item section, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. fairly slim, um, but, yeah. but doesn't really need to be. I mean, do we really need more no, I mean, <laughs> magic items? So. Honestly, my, my favorite part of this stuff 
um, is or honestly the the elements and I think um, the elements and the shards honestly. Um, what do you mean by the elements? You mean the elements? I mean not the elements. The the implements. Sorry. The implements. Okay. The implements. Like I. I don't know what this is, but I think it's funny that the Book of Vile Darkness and the Demonomicon are items themselves in the game. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> like, a, I just, I, I really like that. As opposed to the Demonomicon being in the Demonomicon. It's here. Right. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre, but I mean, I like the fact that it, it's very meta to me, and I like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I find the – I'm entertained by the uh, picture of the title hammer on page 153. It's, it's a giant <laughs> oh, that, that's, fist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's good art direction I, there, man. I've, I've retitled that the left hand of doom. <laughs> uh, no comment for me on that one. Fun. Yeah, I mean, I liked a few of the things in here. Like, I like the – as much as I've complained about the demon stuff they've had earlier, the demon skin armor is kind that of is funny. Cool. Because like you, you've now you flayed a demon alive, and now you're wearing his skin, and you now have a bonus to intimidate checks, which that makes sense. You know, I, I'd be yeah. scared of a guy who comes up wearing the skin of a demon. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like it when the, the flavor ties into the mechanics like that. And I like the the uh, what do they call elemental gifts section? Um, yeah, those, those boons oh, yeah. and and things that they that they came up with a while ago. I I, I wish there was like twice as many as there are, um, just because it's much easier to just take one and reskin it. Than it, is oh, to, yeah. than it is to create your own, especially since it's not supported in the character builder to create your own. Um, so, but that's the kind of thing, like, I, I would use the heck out of that stuff on a fairly regular basis if I could just find the right one. And I've used a few of them here and there, but but it's hard sometimes to find the right one. And so the more of those we can get, the better. <laughs> I, I agree, but I also tend to want to run with the inherit bonuses and hand out less treasure. Mm-hmm. I'm very much in that camp of you know magic items being special, um, well, and that's part of what what I like about this is that um, the boons are always special because it's unique. Right. Now this is something that only you can do, and you can't you know melt it down for residuum. You can't sell it, and you can't give it to the other player because you found something better. This is something unique, and it's yours, and and it can't, and, and that's it. And it can be tied into quests pretty uh, easily, yeah, and talking to particular characters in the world. Right. Yeah. Well, and and here's what's funny: we had all of these um, primordials, you know, kind of mentioned at the beginning of the book. How about some more like boons from those guys instead of you know the what do we have? Six here: one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, yeah. Add, well, add you some can flavor more. these. You, you could. You flavor could. from Yancey Ben or whoever. Mm-hmm. You could, but I'm just saying you, you've already got the hooks in there to, to do it. Go ahead and give us, you know, give us some more. Uh, I'm with Jeff on this. I, I wish there were more of these. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I wouldn't mind having more to choose from, and I think these are kind of cool. I think my favorite was the Gift of Chaos, which oh, is, yeah. uh, I've misread it at first. So the way it actually works is a daily power. When you roll a 1 or a 20, a natural 1 or 20 on an attack roll or a saving throw, then you roll a d6 and something happens. And some of them are great, and some of them are, actually, some of them are kind of bad. Um, I would totally give this gift to somebody and make it so it's not a triggered daily power. It's every time you roll a 1 or a 20, you roll a d6 and something crazy happens. (laughs) Absolutely, I'd do that. You know what I just mentioned, what I just realized are missing from this book? Hmm. We have no new artifacts here. 
or that's intelligent true. items it's of a, any kind. It's a player book, though, so I'm not entirely and surprised. Players, that's a good yeah, point. That's yeah. true. That, that's the kind of stuff that should probably be. And I and I know that fourth edition has been putting all the magic items in the hands of the players, but uh, artifacts are probably more the DM realm. That, that's true. I, I forgot that this was a a player book. I'm yeah. still very <laughs> much in that. Oh, there's items. Oh yeah. wait, player the, book. Player there were book. there were several times I went through this book and I'm like, man, I really wish they'd have done this. Wait. It says on the cover, player's option. That's a DM. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, I wish but, I had more stats for you know this or that. Or it's like, oh, wait a minute. But, no. but, the, but that raises an interesting question, right? For all of those interesting things that you as a DM would want to see, I mean, okay, we've got the plane below, um, and the you know, I guess the plane above could be considered this, and the manual of the planes. As far as I know, we don't have any other books coming out for DMs like this. So there's all the, it seems like there's something missing that would come in another book that we probably won't get, you know? No. And yeah, and, and I mean when they did the the player's option for Heroes of Shadow, we then got the Shadowfell book or box right. set. Right. Um, although that's not a perfect analogy because it's all it's almost sort of a mini setting than it is anything else. I, I'd be okay with that honestly because there's a lot of I mean we've seen the fluff in this and the other books. There's a ton there that could be done. Mm-hmm. It hasn't really been touched on. Well, and part of me wonders if they feel like, well, we've done it. <laughs> we 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 did plane below. Yeah, may, maybe so. I think the problem is is that a lot of those books I like them well enough, but it doesn't feel like the story was completely developed yet. Right. Like I feel this book really pushed forward a mm-hmm. lot of the pri- the primordial end of things that we just I don't recall. Like I don't remember seeing in other books, but it could have just. It, it was there, but not to this level of detail, I don't think. You're, yeah. you're right. I think this has kind of put a nice bow on it. But, man, I'd love to get another DM book with this, like, with Primordials as well, the focus, you know? Or, like, even potentially DDI articles explaining how you could expand uh, the Gen Servant or whatever it's called. Uh, right. The Janissary? No, the... Um, the Gen, the Gen Servant, Servant yeah. for the Shair. Shair. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 like how to how to bring that out more in the game and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Well, I mean, you should, I, t- you I should totally th- write a blog article about that. <laughs> I think the DDI submission window opens up again soon, right? I, I I think there's actually a lot of. I mean, obviously, you know, you've got all of these primordials listed now. It's like, okay, everybody, go go stat them up, submit articles. You well, know? and a lot of them are statted up. Um, yeah, there there are a good bit statted up. Um, I mean, there were several that I saw in here that that. I didn't recognize, but then I look them up in the compendium. Was like, oh, it, they they are somebody did a, a dragon article on this. Oh, did they? And okay, that, and that's All where right. it came I, from. I knew there were a few. I didn't know how many there actually were. I'm, I'm actually, so. I actually did it the opposite way, right? I I was looking for primordials in the compendium once uh, recently, like a month or so ago, for my campaign, right. and I ran into the the headless one, right? The the groaning king. Oh yeah, Balkoth. Balkoth, yeah. Balkoth the Groaning King, uh, right. and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just sort of reskin him and flavor him a little bit differently and use that guy, and then he shows up in this book, and it's like, oh, that's what he's all about. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I gotta say, I kind of felt like I got enough as a DM from this book to go on. I mean, it's not a full setting like you got with yeah. the Shadowfell book, but you know, all, all this background on the primordials, some locations in the elemental chaos, some some talk about how you, I mean, this whole chapter one stuff, basically. I feel like if I wanted to run an elemental campaign, especially, I gotta say, higher level stuff. This book is definitely, you know, all the feats and stuff, there are a lot of 21 plus or 11 plus feats. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is, there's a lot of stuff that makes sense for 
Paragon to Epic Tier Adventures into the Elemental Chaos, where you're maybe fighting some of these primordials. Um, you know, oh, yeah. I, I feel like I have some good inspiration as a DM if I wanted to run that campaign now. I want I want them to fight Frengar, the uh, Frost Giant War Chief, on page one fifty eight. He calls them puny mortals. Oh yes. <laughs> I have met some of these so-called wizards and sorcerers. <laughs> yeah, he, he's somebody they would like I, to take down, I'm sure. Yeah, actually, there, there's um, there's divine law, or, or primordial law in this case, I guess. You have to append puny on in, in whenever you say mortals. You can't just say mortals. You have to say puny mortals. <laughs> it, it's a rule. Yeah. I've never seen such a creature on the puny mortal plane before. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. All right, yeah, thanks. Just got that all to pieces. No, I think that's perfect, actually. That's how <laughs> primordial to talk, right? <laughs> I think it's a good idea. And if people want more uh, Elemental Chaos stuff, they should check out the current uh, round of Encounters, right? That's um, They are doing a Elder Elemental Eye um, storyline. Yes. In the current encounter season. And, you know, I suppose if you're a DM and you want more, you should totally DM at encounters because they'll give you adventures and things. Yeah. Totally. So they are, in fact, there's uh, fortune cards that go along with uh, the Elemental Chaos stuff, too. So if people are into fortune cards, they should check those out. The uh, the fortune card spiral of Therizdun, Therizdun, whatever you want to pronounce it. I like saying Therizdun. It sounds fun. There you go. His name should not be spoken, so I will oh, not sorry. To the chained god, the chained the god. chained god, yes. And I thought that was interesting. You know, I, I remembered reading enough of I think like Dungeon Master's Guide Two, where they talked about, or maybe it's the first one. I don't know, where they talked about the various gods and Thara's Dune, the chained god, and sort of rumors of his existence are, are kind of out there, but nobody knows too much. And then here they talk about the El- Elder Elemental Eye. And, oh, some say it's really the Chained God, but they never actually use Thard Student's name in here, which I kind of liked, actually. It's like, ooh, it's I, forbidden. I, I, I like primordials or, or deities or, or very powerful things that will squish the puny mortals who, who actually don't have names. All they have are, are titles. You know, I, I like that. I, I think it adds a, a, a nice aura of mystery to them. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I certainly yeah. wouldn't want to do that with everything, but it's, oh, well, no, not, it's fun not to see everyone then. Yeah. All right, well, we have been talking for a good hour and nine minutes now. I think it's time to uh, to wrap up our last thoughts. Any last things we want to say about this book? Uh, I will say that overall, I thought it was okay. I wasn't excited about it. I really loved Heroes of the Feywild, and I'm, I'm, you know, I liked Heroes of the Elemental Chaos well enough. Honestly, though, I think it just missed the Bard's Tales that uh, peppered the Feywild. I, I wasn't as grabbed by the uh, the sidebars they had in here instead. But yeah, but overall, it has some cool stuff in it. It's funny because I like them for different reasons, right? Fe- Heroes of the Feywild, um, I I enjoyed reading more, but Heroes of the Elemental Chaos will get more play at my table. I could see that. Yeah, I, I kind of, I'm kind of in that same boat where I'm, I'm on mixed ground here. There's some definitely some cool stuff there. There's some stuff that I'm kind of yeah ambivalent towards, and so it, it's kind of a mixed bag for me, honestly. Tracy, I'm just going to be friend guard now. <laughs> <laughs> to I will I will take you all back, and you will cook my meals, scrub my floors, and when you whine and complain, I'll grow old, sick and old from the cold and hunger. Okay, so Frengar, what do you think of the book? I like it. 
Okay. I mean, I like Feywild better because I love I love the Feywild, but this is pretty cool, and I get to play Avatar: The Last Airbender. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I think you'd have to do a whole Avatar campaign. I don't think I'd want to do like an Airbender by myself. We only have so much time at Gen Con. Know, you can right? do a one shot. Yeah. Who's gonna run it? I'll run. Sweet. I've never actually played one of your games. Oh God. <laughs> Now I'm excited. We we have so many Gen Con plans now. I know. Hopefully you're, there's enough hours at Gen Con. You're going to run an... There's never enough hours at Gen Con. You're going to run an Avatar game, and then we're going to go out and get... What was it? Pedicures with Shelly Mazanoble. Yeah. That'll be awesome. This is going to be the best Gen Con ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we wrap this thing up? Sure. So uh, we'd like to uh, thank GameRadio.com, our sponsor, as well as Jeremy and Michael. Uh where can people find you guys? Jeremy, go ahead. Um, yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm on Twitter as uh, TriscoJM. Um, I'm also, I've, I've got a blog at Stormin' the Castle. So that's no G and a D-A, stormin'thecastle.wordpress.com. And, and I guess this means I'll actually have to start posting more actively now. <laughs> stormin'thecastle.com? Stormin' the Castle. It, it's a Princess Bride reference. So, you know. I gotcha. Nice. And as for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter as OnlineDM1, and uh, you can find my blog at OnlineDungeonMaster.com. One word. All right. So uh, people can also contact us over here at The Tome Show. You can email us at thetomeshow at gmail.com. Call into the Tomes Biz line, which has been woefully underused by the, the Tome listeners lately. But you can call in at 919-B-I-Z-T-O-M-E and swing over to the forums at GamersHavenPodcast.com. You can find show notes at thetomeshow.com. And that, my friends, is episode 191, where we fought legions of demon spawn and shook the world beneath Sunus's feet in this episode of...